Hello, Ashley. How you feeling? Might not be the best pageant answer, but I am here, queer, and ready to rock and roll. Yes, I love it. Now draw your question. There we go. All right. Howdy, howdy, y'all. I'm Curtis Sunset. And I'm Leo Halston. And, and this is Weathery Rainbows. Rainbows. Howdy, y'all, and welcome back to our first episode of 2022. And in this episode, you get to see us dress like kings and queens uh, because it is our pageant episode. We have a very special guest today with us. Um, she is well known in the pageant industry. Uh, you may have heard her TikTok where she's here, queer, and ready to rock and roll uh, in the pageant world. So, we're going to get to her in a little bit. But first, Leah, how has, the, how has your 2022 gone so far? Happy New Year again. So excited to be here. I'm waving my wand <laughs> and wishing you all the happiness and success when God, you Leviosa, and all that other stuff. Um, yes. For me, it's been absolutely amazing so far. Um, I've been sticking to eating healthy. Um, nice exercising so nice that's uh that's a good thing it's it's been good see i've i've had a little rough of a start for 2022 i've oh. uh like i've been in my emotions and stuff a lot uh the past few days so okay I think that's been part <clears throat> of uh the rough and i heard somebody refer to 2022 as the booty call year and i oh. love that because they were like, it's already showing so many red flags, but you still want to, you just want to have fun at this point. Like, you know, you're not going to marry 2022. You yeah. just want to have fun in it, you know? <laughs> so, well, I, I haven't heard the booty call year. <laughs> Honestly, I've been doing great. Like I've, um, I told you, Tinder's gone. Uh, I've just been focusing on me. I've been getting things done that I need to get done around the house, clothes. Mm -hmm. uh, I got so much drag. Like I'm, I'm going through drag because there's some new and up and come rising star that needs to start somewhere. So I'm like putting a pile together to, you know, give to this new person, whomever it is, yeah. my kids, whomever. Um, but uh, I'm, I've also started this new thing where I give myself quiet time that means i'm yes. off of my phone for two hours that gives me time to do things that i need to do i don't pick up my phone i'm not distracted by my phone it's it you know i'm not you know waiting for the text where the the trade is like uh <laughs> what you doing nothing right. you know because i spent I most of last year you know, building my life around waiting for a trade to text and say, what you doing tonight? And I'm like, nothing. Come on over, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and you cannot do that. You cannot live <laughs> your life that way. So I'm glad you, you've stuck to your resolution so far. So yes. I'm very proud of you. Yes. Uh, for the most part, I have too. Uh, I'm starting to get back into the workout routine. So like that's coming along. Okay. Uh, 
your little announcement about uh, our March vacation has yes. me like, now I've really got to get in shape, you know, so I got to get beach ready. <laughs> yes, because it, it will be spring break, so. I think this first, like, few days of 2022, I've been just so busy and planning for the year. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of got me down. I just, like, ran myself rugged and exhausted and... Um, I finally had to take that break and that free time and just like relax with some like candles lit and yeah. all that, you know, just relaxing. So, and sometimes, and sometimes you, we need that, you know, I wish I was a, uh, candle tub, like soaking kind of person. I just, I can't right. soak in the tub. <laughs> I, I don't like the way the tub feel on my bum. So I uh, totally agree. Yes. I have to stand, I have to stand up because like, and I, and it's so funny because I have all these uh, Christmas gifts and birthday gifts from Lush and, and, um, so all the bath palace. bombs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have all these things yeah. and poor me, she can't sit down on the, in the tub. So yeah. Maybe Those I'll re-gift for... them. Shh, exactly. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You just re-gift those because that's, yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> but, um. 2022 has also already been a year in the news uh, uh, for LGBTQ people. Yeah. Um, and just these like first 12 days, uh, Canada uh, has officially banned conversion therapy, which mm -hmm. is just amazing. Like yeah. we need that here so bad. Um, Kentucky still has not done that. And it's, it's, we're still reaping some very traumatized individuals from those programs. Yeah. Um, the, uh, we've had a lot of deaths already. Um, yeah. Which one got taken out right before 2022 started. Yeah. Uh, our beloved Betty White. Betty White. Yes. Rest in peace. But you know what? I'm going to say this, that on New Year's Eve, I said, what a way to go. She knew that we were be yeah. celebrating and having a good time. And she said, okay, this is it. They're going to be celebrating me. They're going to be celebrating New yeah. Year's and they're going to be celebrating me at the same time. So, I mean, what a way to go out. I love it. Absolutely. Thank you, Betty White. Thank you. I Iconic Betty White right there. Yes. Always um, still in the show. Yeah. Um, and we, then and, recently we had uh, Bob. Yes. Uh, which was that was really had sad. A, a huge. <laughs> I know everybody liked uh, the other. What was the hot guy name? The, the other roommate. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, everybody liked the Jesse, but I was uh, I was a Bob fan. You know. Yeah. Well, and he actually like right before he passed, I believe, uh, made a video for LGBTQ individuals, and it was very touching to like go back and see that. And he was yeah. like, you know, I don't know what I am but I'm happy that I'm me and like, yeah. I hope you all can be happy that you're you. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I was really touched by seeing that. Yeah. I just hate, I hate reading the tabloids. Like, you know, you know, the man passed, give him that respect. You know, they're already like mm -hmm. assuming, you know, things. Yeah. I hate reading like, you know, they're like drugs and all this and that. And I'm like, just let the man rest in peace. You know, right. it's time to go, you know? Exactly. But, and I mean, even if it was something bad, just let it, yeah, let it alone. Like he's, he's done, he's, he's done his, and, his, he's done his, uh, pay it forward and good deeds to the world. He shared his talents with us. So, you know, absolutely. Let, uh, Betty and, White uh, shared her talents with us, you know? Yeah. Speaking of talents, uh, the biggest news I think so far uh, MJ Rodriguez is yes. now a Golden Globe 
recipient. Yes, that's why I wore wow. a gold crown and a gold scepter. We I are mean, celebrating that. That's like breaking, yes. groundbreaking. I, and I honestly, like, I would not have predicted that just because yeah. I didn't figure, like, I wholeheartedly believe she deserves it. Yeah. Um, but no, I have just you did seen not Pose? think that the... Have you seen the, Pose? Yes. yes. Okay, yes. No, she definitely yeah. deserved... She definitely <laughs> yeah. deserved it. Yeah. Like, I mean, watching Pose was like going back and watching what I went through in uh, the 80s, you know? Yeah. Like, like, seriously, like, I was like, this show is like so realistic, you know? What a great, yeah. great cast. And congratulations to them. Congratulations to her. Absolutely. You know, it's groundbreaking uh, everywhere. Even uh, Drag Race, you know, they're uh, inviting transgender, you know, girls on now, you know? So yeah. even though Sonique yeah. was the first one, it's nice to see her pave the way for this season's uh, trans girl that's on there, you know? And I know right. that there's some tea on the line. You know, y'all stop attacking Gia Gunn. Let her post what she want to post. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. felt she was the first girl, so let her feel that. <laughs> but, yeah. But I want to go back. We did. I do want to take go go back to the death part because we forgot one. Uh, Sydney Poirier. Oh yes, I think yeah, I said his name major, right. Did amazing. I say it right? Please say it right. Yes, close enough. <laughs> yeah, he said it right. I'm but bad yeah, with that's... I'm bad with names, but what what another icon that paved the way um, for African American yeah. um, actors. Yeah, I just I've been amazed at just like how far we've come along. I mean, for MJ Rodriguez to win in 2022. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pose is only like it's it's only had the three seasons. Yeah, and, and it's canceled. So I know they're and, regretting. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The other thing I really liked was I did not see any single post really discussing like the fact that she's trans. Like yeah. everybody was celebrating the fact that she was the an actress that won this Golden yeah. Globe and they addressed her appropriately with yeah. pronouns and like it just everything was amazing. Yeah. So Well I, I think I'm <laughs> I'm I, I saw more of the, you know, uh trans part of it because I think I'm I'm like a lot of I'm following a lot of trans girls. So I know right. that they were super excited. They were posting all day. So yeah. you know major major breaking thing for 2022 already yeah, no, so yeah, i think i think she, yeah she's gonna she's gonna set the she's already set the bar but she got she's got a future and things are good things are coming to her so hopefully we can yeah. get her here for pride or something i would like to just right. sit down and talk to her i know she, you know it'd be nice to meet her you know, I, I was looking at, like, looking up her, like, statistics and stuff afterwards, and I would have never guessed her to be 31 after wow. seeing Pose. Like, that's how good of an actress I think she is, because I would have guessed, like, she was like a mother figure. Like, yeah. totally. Like, even to me. And, like, so I'm like, there's no way she's younger than me, <laughs> you know? So I was like, it's, that was such a great, like, portrayal of that character. Mm -hmm. I mean, great. Uh, yeah. So speak, the, speaking of of age, like, what do you think when you met me? How oh, old did I, you? I would you, have never you knew predicted I was old. you. 
I did not honestly. I did not guess you anywhere close to what I now know that you are. So um, I definitely would have guessed you at least seven to eight years younger. So okay. that's a good thing. Yeah, that know? is really good. Thank you. Well. Thank you. <laughs> the breaking news today that we're actually recording um, is the daughter of Ted Cruz mm. came out today as bisexual uh, oh. on TikTok. She's 13 years old, and I can only imagine what she is going through right now, oh. uh, having this news kind of break before yeah. she's really even probably sat down with her family. Um, that I'm going to be surprised if they come out in support of her. So, yeah, uh, sending out love to her today yes. for sure. Yes, um, sending and when yes, I'm waving my wand and I'm sending all the <laughs> magic and glitter. Well, I think that's the majority of the news uh, that we kind of wanted to touch on. Uh, but since this is our pageant episode, yes. um, do you kind of want to talk a little bit about your experience with pageants? Of course. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Just kind of let people know like what they're like. I mean, well, honestly, it's, it's, it's a pageant and, before there was drag race, there were page that was pageantry. And um when I was growing up, in order to get a booking at a club, a major club, you had to have something tied to your name. You had to be Miss This or Mr. That, you know. So um um so coming up, we had we didn't have talent nights and an open stage like girls do you have to do a pageant if you wanted to get booked and get a decent pay fee um and so my pageant career started in 1994 let's say that really Ooh. low 1994 my first pageant i want mind you i had i was doing pageants way before that because i was a young kid lying because you have to be 21 <laughs> to compete i was lying saying i was 21 but i was way younger than that i'm not gonna tell y'all how young i was but <laughs> when i finally won my first pageant i i think i had to be like either 19 or 20 uh, and it was 94 it was it was called the club was called cousins it was in Houston, Texas. It was a double wide trailer uh, where when you walked out on stage, if you had big hair, it was touching the ceiling. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was my very, mind you, I, I was already on cast, like working at this bar, not really on cast, but I was like being booked at this bar because I, I was a hungry, young um, um cross-dresser that wanted to be a showgirl, you know? So, um, it was my very first pageant. I won. Um, and, and pageants are very expensive. You know, we have to, you have talent, you have evening gown, you have, uh, uh all these other crazy categories. Now, back when uh, I started, we just did talent and evening gown. Uh, now they're doing creative evening gown. They're doing creative, uh, uh, presentation, they're doing uh, talents and talents. If you don't have dancers, I mean, you're not even getting looked like you have to be a strong. I've seen some, there are some girls out there that can hold talent down by themselves, but um, you know, um, 
I started my pageant career in 94. I just retired my pageant career in 2018. My last pageant I won was Miss MJ's, which is a bar in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I, I did my final run and my final bow when I won Miss MJ's 2018 uh, because it's expensive, y'all. Like anybody out there that's listening, um, uh, if we have any pageant girls that's listening, uh, pageants are expensive. You have to travel with dancers. You have to pay for their food. Like these people are giving you their time. So you have to pay for their food. Um, you have to uh, rehearse. It's, 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 um, I mean, it's like a pageant you see on TV, but it's just more intense. Um, and I used to live and breathe pageants. I think uh, 18, so 2018, I also won, went to California and I did Miss California, before Miss MJ's, I did Miss California US of A, which qualified me for Miss Gay US of A. Um, and people say, why you went way to California? Because when you do Miss Gay US of A, you're competing with 50 other states. So I right. wanted to go somewhere far where people didn't know me and see if my package was strong enough to win out of state, then I knew I had what it take to go to Miss Gay US of A. So I went to California. I won Miss Gay California. Um, I spent at, so just competing at Miss Gay California, I spent 8,000 and that's plane tickets for dancers. That's food, that's hotel, that's rental car. You know, I had to take care of these people because you're like a, it's like you're going on a concert tour. You have to take care of these yeah. people. So, um, I qualified for Miss Gay, uh, US of A. So Miss California was in January of 2016. 17. I may have my years back with y'all. 2017. Miss, or 2018. Miss Gay Yusuf A was in May of 2018. So, mind you, I spent 8000 seven to 8000 for Miss California. And I had to redo all of that in May to get to Dallas. So, wow. uh, I ended up spending another almost eight or 9,000 just to get to Dallas. So it's, it's pageants are very expensive. I love going to watch them. If you ever get a chance to come and watch a pageant, please come and watch. It's definitely different from a drag show. It's structured. These people pay their money because they want the title. They want a crown yeah. high in their names. Um, and speaking of pageants, we have uh, Miss Play Newcomer coming up February the 20th which I will be hosting. And these are, uh, when we say newcomer, that means anybody professional that have won a crown cannot enter this pageant. You have to be new to the scene and not have no titles. So I don't even remember. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You can't, yeah. <laughs> we can't have a professional girl compete against newcomer. And I know people, I know a question may be how many crowns do you think you have? Honestly, y'all, I've been competing. I started in 94. I retired in 2018. I've done a pageant every year since I retired. So, and probably multiple. I've done some. I'm not saying I won them all, but I um done those pageants. So, I, I mean, I can't even count how many pageants I've done. I've done so many pageants. So, <laughs> I, if you, I got yeah. a few right here. This is my Miss MJ's crown, if you guys can see. 
this is the last crown I won, which is Miss MJ's. So Miss MJ's. Yeah. And then what's the other one? I see um, two back there. Oh, there's two. Oh, this is Miss Unlimited. This get Miss Gay Unlimited. It's a okay. uh, North Carolina based pageant. So gotcha. yeah. So I guess that is that is part of the perks. You get those beautiful crowns in the back that yes. uh, now decorate your studio. So. Yes. <laughs> and the crown tonight I'm wearing it's called Miss Forever and Ever, mm. a pageant Ooh. girl. Yes, I like it. Yes. <laughs> well, one thing we wanted to do, since this is our pageant episode, is we wanted to ask one pageant question. Yes. We ask each other questions every episode, but this time we wanted to make them more uh, like the final round of a pageant yes. type of question. Oh. So, are you ready for your question? I'm so ready, which uh, I hate on the spot. <laughs> so, again, speaking of pageants, on stage question and answer is the worst. Could you have to think, think fast? Fast, yeah. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's see if I nail it. So I looked through all kinds of questions and I was <laughs> like, these are all great questions. And so we're probably going to end up asking some of these in the future. Did you, but, this was this a pad? Did you Google pageant? Oh, yeah. Cause like uh, I've been to a few pageants, but like the only ones I ever remember is like, what would you do about world peace or, you oh know, like God, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so this one I thought was very, a very good pageant question. And that is what qualities should a woman possess to make a notable difference in the world? Oh, you asking a real Miss USA, Miss <laughs> Universe question. Yeah. Okay. One more time. You got to say it two times. All right. What qualities should a woman possess to make a notable difference in the world. Good evening, podcast land. And my name is Leo Halston. I am a contestant number 62, representing the United States of America. Ooh. The qualities a woman should possess to make a difference. One is professional Lesbian, 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 wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She must be flexible. We won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) And she must be independent. Ooh, so professional. Flexible and independent. Yes, those are those are great qualities. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I probably wouldn't have answered like that because, like, I'm gonna tell you, at <laughs> a at a gay pageant, the audience is so quiet, and they, if you even say, because your mind is thinking, and if you even go down the wrong road answering the question, the crowd gonna they gonna let you know they're gonna be like, ooh, and they do it <laughs> loud. Yeah. They, and they and then at this point you be like, oh, I just fucked up this question. You know? <laughs> so it's 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 very uh it's very uh, on stage question and answer is very intimidating. It's very intimidating. You have to think really fast. But that was yes. a that was like a, I mean, that was actually a good question, but it's not a question you would ask at a 
at a gay pageant. <laughs> yeah, I think their questions are very much more like, uh, what can you do for the pageant industry yes, and, and yes, stuff like that. Yes, so. yes. Your question tonight is, what qualities do you possess that makes you a great title holder? Again, what qualities do you possess that makes you a great title holder? Hi, everyone. I'm Curtis Sunset, contestant number seven. Uh, the qualities that I possess that makes me a great title holder uh, would first off be networking. I'm incredibly great at networking with all members of the LGBTQ community, um, regardless of their backgrounds, uh, whether they're rural or city. Um, I love meeting new people and, and getting to know them. Uh, second would be um, my leadership qualities. Um, I always uh, contribute uh, when I'm in a conversation and try to make things better than uh, I found them. And last would be um, my kindness. Um, I always try to go out of my way to uh, help those in need or at least help those that uh, that I've felt and come from a similar background as them uh, and help them kind of rise up the ladder like I did. So that's uh, the qualities that I have that would make me a great title holder. Okay, Curtis. That that's was it? good. <laughs> Honey, you won the All pageant. Right. Did I win the pageant? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that do... was good. See, I couldn't do the pageants because, like, <laughs> watching you all, like, and then y'all have to, like, go to all these other pageants to promote it. Yeah. That's yeah. just, that's all too much for yeah. me. I could never travel that no, much. No, those were, that, <laughs> those were exactly the correct, you know, uh, leadership. Um, what else did you say? Um, networking. Networking. Yes. You know, those are things, you know, that they want to hear. The judges want to hear mm -hmm. the the uh, promoters want to hear. So good job with that. That was amazing. I might well, have, you. I might have you that I might <laughs> have you to write uh, the questions next year from uh, Mr. And Miss play, because those questions I read <laughs> were, were, whew, were they rough? <laughs> they were rough. Shout out to Michael McGowan. They were rough. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, there you go. We're, we're, you know, weathering rainbows, that's what we do is ask questions to people. So yeah. I think we could help contribute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's turn it over. I mean, I know you're a professional pageant girl, but uh, let's turn it over to someone who is also a very professional pageant girl. Uh, today we have Ashley Shea Benton. Um, everyone knows her as, uh, the TikTok star, the, uh, here queer and ready to rock and roll was yes. how she answered, uh, uh, how are you tonight at her pageant that she, uh, I believe it was, uh, a Miss Kentucky pageant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, kind of the first, uh, person to ever come out on stage like that. Ooh. So I think that's incredible. Um, she's done so much and she's actually our newly crowned. Uh, Miss Cardinal Country. Yeah. Uh, so within Louisville, she is our, our newly crowned Miss Cardinal Country. And uh, she's got some great advice on uh, how to answer some of these very great questions that we have tried to do tonight. Yes. So. No, you, you definitely want question and answer. I was, <laughs> I was uh, slacking. So I was, I was, 
fifth place in question and answer. I, so, I, but you blew it out of the water in pageant gown, so you still win. You got oh, you got yeah, the crown anyway. I definitely right? won the evening gown, honey. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting up in this dress. I, yes. I didn't know where I was going. I said, "Oh, I don't have anything to wear." I didn't know if everything could fit in there. I haven't worn this dress in years, so. Well, it looks spectacular. Well, you you know. win evening gown. I'll, I'll take questions this time, but uh, but we would probably both be beat by Ashley Shea Benton. So here she is. Yeah. Today we have a very very special guest, uh, a fellow Kentuckian, uh, a fellow Cardinal. Uh, which, you know, I'm very biased to uh, UofL as I was former student body president there in 2012. Uh, so I always like having Cardinals on our show. Uh, this one is super special uh, because she just won a, a great honor. And I will let her talk about that now. Of course. So hi, y'all. My name is Ashley Shea. I am an Eastern Kentucky native. However, I'm now at the University of Louisville School of Medicine. Um, I got my undergraduate degree at the University of Louisville as well. So I've decided after I moved to Louisville, I'm kind of sticking there. I, I really love it. I recently won the title of Miss Cardinal Country. So in the summer, I get to represent the University of Louisville on the Miss Kentucky stage. I got to go to Miss Kentucky last summer for the first time. So I was super excited about that. And I can't wait to be back representing the city that I love. So you do all kinds of things. Uh, you are becoming a doctor. <laughs> I'm sure you get this a lot. Um, I mean, you're, you're competitive page in pageants. You, you're uh, like all over TikTok. Where do you find the time? Do you, are you super disciplined or <laughs> just super active? <laughs> um, it depends on the day. So I'm definitely a schedule person. So like anything I need to do in a day, like I get it down on my to-do list and I try to mark it off. However, I am also the kind of person who works really well under pressure. So after I get, you know, a little procrastination under me, I'm able to like really get that, that fire set under me and like get going. Um, that might not be the best habit, but it's, it's worked so far. I've been trying to be a little more disciplined lately because it's definitely easy to kind of get caught up in, you know, the obligations of pageantry, of being a full-time medical student, of being this, that, or whatever. Um, but I found a way to make it work. I'm pretty happy with where my balance is right now, but it's definitely, it can get challenging at times to say the least. Right. I completely understand. Uh, us overachievers have to stick together. Um, I always get that. <laughs> oh, with, yes. Because I'm a lawyer, but I also run a podcast and do a lot of other things too. So I totally get uh, how your schedule works. Um, so, Oh, yeah. Well, there's so many things to do. You just got to make time for yeah. them. Oh, yeah. So our listeners always like to start out with uh, the very common coming out story. Um, I know you have a wonderful story. Um, and I also want you to talk about uh, the TikTok fame that you got from one of your posts. <laughs> okay, so um, backing it up to the very beginning, um, I think a huge part of coming out stories that people don't always note on is kind of whenever we realize it within ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, very easy to talk about, um, you know, oh, whenever I came out to XYZ person, but I want to start with like whenever I realized. So I realized that I was gay, gay in like seventh grade. So I was pretty young around the time most of us kind of figure it out. But I grew up in, like I said, a very small town in Eastern Kentucky. So it wasn't really socially acceptable for me to come out, even though, you know, my family was great and I didn't necessarily think they would like hate me because of it. Um, I didn't really want to go through 
the hardships that would happen if I were to came out in my high school. Um, my high school is very small. There's like a thousand people. Um, and my middle school obviously was much smaller. So um, the thought of kind of coming out back home was just really, really terrifying to me. Um, it kind of would have just kind of been like, I don't say like you would have been a, a social outcast. Like it was, right. it would have been rough. Um, of course, there were a few openly queer people in my schools, but the, but definitely a lot of people came out afterwards, which I think is kind of funny now because I'm like, oh, everyone was kind of in the same boat. And if we all were just kind of open about it, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. Right. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, I digress. Um, the day that I moved to college, um, like I said, I go to Louisville. So I moved four hours away from home. Uh, my parents came in, helped me get everything into my dorm room. And afterwards, my mom took me to the local Olive Garden. And here she is, you know, asking me if I'm going to, you know, get a boyfriend, bring someone home for the holidays and all that kind of stuff. Um, please note prior to this, she had been asking me, like, was I ever going to get a boyfriend like every six months on the dot prior? And yeah. then, you know, I would date my high school boyfriend for a couple of weeks until he broke up with me and that would be it. Um, so I was like, I, I don't know. And I just got really like, I don't want to say like flustered, but I also like, I just didn't know what to say. Cause I was like, oh God. She's asking me again. It's going to go to the, are you okay? And I was like, okay, we're, we're just going to have to do it. So I start bawling my eyes out and my mom's like, it's okay. It's no big deal. And I was like, just, just sitting there crying in our local Olive Garden. And then the waitress came up and she was like, ma'am, are you okay? My mom was like, oh, she's fine. She's just gay. And I was, just and I was like, oh <laughs> my God, like, this is how this had to happen. But um, I mean, after that, it was kind of a slow process, I'm sure. Um, many people say this, but once you come out, you never really stop coming out. You're always going to be meeting new people and stuff. So, you know, over the course of a couple years, I ended up coming out to my family. Of course, some things went great. Some things didn't, um, where I kind of went into college already being out, at least to my mom. Um, it was kind of easier for me to come out to like my roommate and like my college friends and stuff that I made. So they never knew me as like straight. So that was right. a pretty seamless transition. But whenever I finally came out on social media, it was kind of hard because everyone who has known me my whole life, you know, you're super, super close knit in the small town. Um, some of them felt kind of, I don't want to say betrayed, but kind of lied to, um, you know, just by not knowing something that was very personal to me that I didn't feel comfortable sharing. Um, so I did, unfortunately, burn a lot of bridges because I wasn't able to come out at an earlier age. Um, I wish I felt secure enough to do it earlier, but you know, you live and you learn. Um, so that's kind of what coming out looked like for me. Um, it wasn't the best, but it also wasn't the worst. It's kind of just, you know, I understand like I'm privileged in a lot of ways, but also like some things were just not great. Yeah. I love that um, real quick. I, I love that story because <laughs> oh, thank I, you. I actually came out in the local tumbleweed. So, oh my mother, gosh. <laughs> so I'm just wondering like how many of us out there like had like this local <laughs> restaurant that we came out to our mothers in and was like bawling, yeah. you know, at the table. Uh, so I just, if you have uh, had that experience, uh, come comment on our Instagram because I am I'm seriously uh, wonder how many of us have done that. <laughs> so. uh, I'm sure several. Oh, yeah. So you also came out very publicly recently in TikTok. 
Um, okay. So it's actually kind of weird. So my sisters, they're twins. They're in middle school. They're absolutely just perfect little doll babies. They were obsessed with Musical.ly. And then whenever it became TikTok, they were obsessed with that. And um, they were, you know, always like, Ashy Cat, like you need to get TikTok. You would... Um, cause I was, you know, I was a dancer at that point. They're like, Oh, you're a dancer. You should do this. You should do this. And I was like, no. Um, so I, I eventually, you know, folded and I downloaded it and, um, I didn't use it for the first couple of months that it was downloaded just because I didn't really relate to anything. And then I don't know how, but I accidentally stumbled on lesbian TikTok and I was like, <laughs> Oh, I can talk about this here. Cool. And I mean, for people my age, like TikTok wasn't really a big thing at this point. This was like a few months before COVID. So it was not as populated. Um, so I started making just some, some casual videos. Some of them were, you know, about being openly gay in pageants. Um, some of them were about, you know, being from a small town or, you know, just some of the the things that I thought were like cute and fun or trendy. Um and then actually I met my girlfriend on TikTok. Um, so after I met her, you know, we, we accidentally got quarantined together on our first date. Uh, oh, wow. About a month. In, oh, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was <laughs> literally, our, we've not really spent time apart since our first date. And it's been, you know, a long time, but it is what it is. Um, but at that point, um, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm committed to this girl. Like she's, she's, she's talked here. And I posted a video making fun of her and it hit 2.2 million. And I mean, at that point, I think I had like 10,000, 15,000 followers. Um, so, you know, nothing to like, you know, like that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. But after that, we were in like the 50K and we were like, oh no, what have we done? <laughs> and then, you know, we're, we're in a new relationship and it's like, okay, um, at this point, like people like seeing us together. Um, do we continue to build a platform together? Like, is that something we want to be a part of our relationship? Um, we ultimately decided it was, and now we've had several videos do really well, mostly of one of us, you know, pranking the other or, you know, just being a little mean to the other, um, all in good fun, of course. But, um, over the summer we did have another, um, another video do really well. Um, of being a pageant because, you know, being openly gay in pageants, you don't always see contestants talking about their sexuality if they're anything other than straight. So I kind of got super nervous whenever I was asked my onstage question, not even the real one. It was like the one before, like, oh, how are you feeling tonight, Ashley Shane? I was like, oh, I'm here, queer and ready to rock and roll. <laughs> and then from then, it's just kind of spiraled. And now, um, I mean, I'm very thankful for it because it definitely helps us, you know, build our community more on TikTok that people kind of found me that way, but it was, um, not something I expected to do well. Um, I'd never had a pageant post do well before. And then lo and behold, pink power suit here, green, red, rock and roll. Oh, yeah. That's what the people wanted. And I gave it to <laughs> you. <them. laughs> definitely did. That one, uh, that one's, uh, actually how I, I discovered you was through that one. Uh, one of my friends, uh, <laughs> sent me the message cause she randomly is uh, involved in lesbian TikTok, and she is not a lesbian. Mm. She has a family and little kids. <laughs> like so, But she's like, I just love everything they say. So, uh, But she actually sent me your video, and she's like, she's from Kentucky. You need to interview her. So uh, you can. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that's how we discovered you, and uh, we're so happy we've got you on the show. Was that moment planned? I know you kind of said, you know, we're here, queer, and ready to rock and roll, but like, was it planned or were you really nervous after you said that? 
Um, it was a little bit of both. So backstage, I was in the lineup. This was finals night. So top 12 of us. I was standing beside um, Haley B. Wheeler, who's actually competing at Miss America right now. So I was right mm-hmm. beside the winner. Love that. And we were chit-chatting because, you know, people were going before us. And for everyone, they're like, oh, how are you feeling? Like, how are you doing? And everyone was like, good. And they just sound like very nervous. Um, some people sound super confident, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, I'm ready to answer whatever the real question is, but how am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't expect to be here. What right. am I, like, I was freaking out because I um, I competed for four years before I even got to the chance to compete at state. So the fact that I was in top 12 on finals night, I was like, oh my goodness, I was just freaking out. And I'd made the comment to her. I was like, Haley, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to say what I always say, which is like, here, Queen Raider, rock and roll. And she was like, well, if that's what you want to do, like, go for it. And I was like, well, we'll, we'll just see what comes out of my mouth because <laughs> it's honestly untelling. The lights get in your eyes and you just don't know what's going to come out. Oh, yeah. So I went up there and lo and behold, that was the only thing I could think of because it was just in my brain. Um, and then after that, um, there was definitely some like nervous giggles because I was like, oh God, I <laughs> did that. Um, the judges knew that I was openly gay because, you know, in my interview, I wore my like love is love pin. Like right. I'm very open about it. And I want to talk about being a queer voice of pageantry. Um, I didn't expect to do that on the big stage, but I'm very thankful that I did. Um, I got to reach a lot of people, you know, from the TikTok of it. And then, um, Right after I got off stage, one of our stage hands came up to me and was like, thank you so much for like representing our community. Like, I had no idea. It means so much that you were able to talk about that on stage. And I was like, okay, a little embarrassed, but that, that makes it worth it. So. Yeah. I think it's a great answer. And, uh, I loved it. I laughed <laughs> so hard whenever I first saw it. So, uh, so let's go into that. Um, obviously you are very vocal, uh, about being a part of the LGBTQ community and also very heavily involved in pageants. So, how has that affected you since coming out uh, with your performance in pageants and uh, how has the girls kind of like felt towards you since you came out? So um, to start from the beginning, like I said, I've been competing for four years. Um, I competed in 13 preliminaries to go to Miss Kentucky before I finally won one. Of course, I didn't start competing until college. So I was out on um, social media and, you know, just talking to people, but I'd never mentioned it in an interview. I'd never talked about building a platform on, um, you know, private interviews with judges. It was just kind of like a taboo subject. You don't talk about it. Um, but on my 13th prelim, I was like, you know what, at this point, there's, there's no sense. Like you either want me for me or you don't. And that's fine. So I came very comfortable with the fact of like, this is a huge part of who I am. Like, this is what I'm doing partly for a living right now. I should be able to talk about it. So I went into my interview, no makeup. And, uh, you know, I had my little pride pin on and I talked about being a queer voice and, um, you know, everything just kind of fell into place. I won that prelim. I got to go to Miss Kentucky and you kind of heard what that experience was like. So contrary to what, what people would usually assume, it wasn't until I was comfortable enough to come out and like truly embrace like how authentic and how different, how unique that makes me that I actually started doing well and having, I don't want to say a competitive edge because I think I was competitive anyways, but um, I think there's just something about a woman who can, you know, command a room and be truly authentically herself and not worry about, you know, what other people have to say. So it took a long time to get there, but I think that was definitely a huge, huge help to me in the pageant world. Um, As for the girls, 
I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but if, if nothing else, people will be, will be nice and cordial to you. Um, I mean, there was girls who were, you know, holding me as I held backstage. Like there was, I just, like, I just had like a great experience at Miss Kentucky. Of course, I know that that might not be the case for any other queer title holder. Um, because like, yes, I'm publicly queer, but that doesn't mean in all the pageant systems that I'm the only one. So just because I have a positive experience, I'm very aware that like that does not necessarily resonate with everyone else. Right. Um, you know, there were, there were good parts and bad parts, but, um, at the end of the day, I kind of, you know, tried my best to make amends, make sure everything is fine. I'm comfortable with it. They're obviously like comfortable with me. And now we're all like really good friends. So, um, it turned out great for me, but I do understand like that very well might not be the case for for every queer person. Which I think it's, it's great that you are not only a queer person, but you are queer in Kentucky and these are Kentucky pageants Mm, that you are competing in. Uh, you know, a lot of times very rural areas, uh, judges that you don't know how they're going to feel about your sexual orientation. Uh, and especially you representing that as part of their platform. Uh, so I think it's incredibly yes. brave as what you are doing. Uh, walk us through like the preparation of you uh, starting and getting into these pageants. So it really just depends on the person. So for me, I am an overachiever. I'm an overpreparer. Um, and pageantry is something that's very important to me. Like it's very important that I'm able to have this platform and share my voice in this capacity. So I, um, I don't want to say I'm a little extra, but I do put in, um, a lot of work. So I won, for example, I won my local title, Miss Cardinal Country in November, like Mm -hmm. the first weekend. And since then I've already kind of implemented my workout regimen. I've started working more on, personal development and just making sure that I'm the best version of me. Cause I want to make sure that emotionally, spiritually, like I'm ready to take the job of Miss Kentucky. So I've already started that part of the process. Um, a lot of it is, is self-work full transparency, because at the end of the day, what I've kind of learned is that judges, whenever they are deciding who they want to take home the crown, take home the title and ultimately take the job, they want to make sure that they are, in such a great place with themselves that they can share that light and positivity with others. So the self-work part is huge. Um, I'm planning on doing my dress shopping and stuff probably in February or March. So I kind of have a little while before I do that part of it. Um, Another part of competition is, you know, working on a social impact initiative, which is kind of like a philanthropy that I stand behind. Mine is Saving Grace, Promoting Growth, Resources, Action, and Community Empowerment. So I've had that established for two years, but I've really been kicking it into overdrive in light of the recent tornadoes to, um, you know, kind of build that community and make sure that it's being used to its fullest capacity to provide resources for those that need them. Um, And then, of course, talent is another portion. Um, Talent is my least favorite part of competition, (laughs) if I'm being fully honest. I've kind of mastered the art of being jack of all trades, master of none. So it's always really, um, really hard for me to pick something because I'm kind of good at anything. But there's nothing that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a superstar in this. So talent I've been working on, but it probably won't be until January that I've actually decided what I'm going to do, commit to it, and then really prep that out. I feel that on a spiritual level, (laughs) that that jack of all trades type of thing where you just, you're like, I'm not the best at any of this, but I'm really good at all of it. So I get that. Yeah. I think that's one thing I've noticed, like with 
gay men that are solidly gay men and, and lesbian women that are solidly lesbian is we kind of do a lot of the uh, like variety of things. But uh, I think if yes. you ask a drag queen, like what their favorite part of any pageant would be, and they would always say talent because they've always got like something specific that they're <laughs> just like truly excel at. So um, I just I think that's neat. Uh, so what actually got you into these pageants? Were you pressured by any way uh, by your parents or uh, the other girls to do these? Well, I kind of grew up in pageantry. So um, like I was the kind of girl, I was in baby pageants, like child pageants. And it wasn't until around middle school that I stopped competing. Um, I stopped competing, fun fact, because I realized I was a lesbian and I was like, oh, okay, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a good title holder because I'm gay. And so I just kind of stepped back and I was, you know, so afraid that if I had won one while I was in, you know, high school or late middle school, um, that I would be publicly outed for some reason or another. Mm -hmm. So I like made the conscious decision to take a step back then. Um, so, you know, whenever I saw um, the Miss University of Louisville pageant in college i was like oh okay like i'm i'm out like what's the worst thing that could happen um with the miss america organization we are the number one scholarship provider for young women in america so you know being a small town girl with big dreams and um fafsa that is not my biggest fan <laughs> um you know scholarships are, are were very important so i was like i mean what's the worst i could do i can go up there and embarrass myself or i could win maybe be Miss Kentucky and get a little bit of scholarship money. So to me, it was kind of a no brainer. I was already comfortable on stage. I was in musical theater most of my life. I loved performing. So I was, I was just kind of winging it and hoping for the best. And then after that first pageant, I was like, Oh my goodness, I love the system. I love these girls. I love what I get to do on stage. And it just, it just fit right with me. Yeah. And since then I've just kept going and going, obviously. Yeah. That's great. Uh, one of the things that I want to discuss um, is obviously breaking down some of the stereotypes. Um, you are actually, uh, I believe, the first lesbian interview that we are going to release. Um, so oh, with I'm that, so yeah. Uh, so with that, there's a few stereotypes that I just kind of want to touch on and, and talk about. Uh, one deals with pageants specifically. Um, I know with, uh, for instance, gay males, whenever they're in sports, you know, you have your locker room talk, you've got your, you know, you have to change in front of people. And there's always this like uh, fear from certain straight men that, you know, that gay men are going to come after them or look at them in, in the locker rooms. Um, what has your experience been like, obviously as an open uh, queer contestant? Cause I know that you all do have to get changed and stuff around each other. Um, have you faced any sort of stigma there? I feel like one of the biggest issues that lesbian face is like, over-sexualization from other parties. And I don't necessarily think that a lot of people kind of see lesbians as, as much of a threat, especially one that is as feminine presenting as what I am. I understand like I'm very privileged to not necessarily have that experience uh, because, you know, I do look straight. So um, a lot of people, unless they have talked to me or, you know, have seen my social medias, they may or may not know. Um, but yeah, that's really not that much of a thing because at the end of the day, whenever you're backstage in a pageant, everyone knows 
you've got to get changed and you've got to go. So if that means the lesbian is taping your boobs down, she's going to tape your boobs down and you're going to be on the stage and you're going to look great. And that's just, you know, the reality of it. Yeah. If someone needs butt glue, they're not going to be like, oh, she's a lesbian. I'm not going to ask her to, you know, glue my bikini down. They're going to be like, take this and just, just glue it down. Do not let it move. Yeah. Um, so I think just because there's so much urgency back there, we're usually on a tight ship. Um, we really don't. Um, or at least I've not experienced that problem. Of course, I'm sure other people probably have. Um, and I can understand, you know, to a degree why that's definitely a stereotype that like people are afraid mm -hmm. of and can sense. But um, at least in the, in the organization that I do, we are um, running, running, running. So we're, we're glued, yeah. we're tucked, we're taped, we're, yeah, that's an interesting point. I, w I never had thought about that, that you all are very fast paced whenever you're having to make those uh, wardrobe changes and stuff. Yes. And uh, obviously a lot of the sports related stuff, it happens, you know, afterwards in the showers where you're you're done and you can, you know, relax, that sort of thing. So I totally get that. Um, let's go into a second stereotype, um, which I wasn't going to go into until you just said, uh, that you and your girlfriend got quarantined together and pretty much stayed together since your very first date. Uh, and that is the common perception that lesbians get together and they just automatically, they're together forever. They, they get the U-Haul. They, they go and they're now roommates forever. So <laughs> what was, why did you all end up in quarantine right from first date? <clears throat> okay. But just to clear the air, I am accidentally a U-Haul lesbian, and it's fine. <laughs> um, there's a lot of us. We're not crazy. Um, this was not the plan. So um, we had talked, you know, for a few weeks. She, you know, we were just kind of flirting. It was super casual. And um, it was shortly after COVID had started. This was whenever we still thought quarantine was going to be for two weeks. Um, so it was right near the end of it. We had both been quarantining. So we were like, oh, okay, we're going to. We're going to go on a date. I am a big Dunkin' Donuts girl. So um, we had decided that we were going to separately go through the Dunkin' Donuts drive through park beside each other, enjoy her first Dunkin' Donut, and I was going to chug a coffee, and then I was going to teach her TikTok dances from my car. Wow. Great idea in theory. <laughs> that was the, that was honest to goodness, the plan. And then the night before I came in, um, you know, I was staying at my apartment. I just got done with a banquet and I went home and I just wanted to watch movies. And so I was piled up and she was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Like I'm at home with my parents because quarantine, she got kicked out of her dorm. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay. Like, do you want to come over? And then she came over and, you know, we watched movies all night. The next morning we did our little Duncan date in the same cars, separate cars. And then I don't really know how it happened. Um, I mean, it was during that, like the, the peak of COVID. So it's like, okay, if you're seeing other people, like you kind of need to stay where you're at. So it's like, okay. So then the next two weeks we were just kind of chilling at my apartment. And then um, we started dating and her parents were, you know, like, oh yeah, like we're close. Like we'd love to meet her. And so um, it kind of got to the point where between the two of us, we could really only see each other. And then both of our parents. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And she was, um, cause like I said, her, um, housing situation at her university, they evacuated because of COVID. Wow. And, um, so she was staying with her parents and I was like, Oh, there's no sense doing that. You can just stay with me. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that happened for, you know, until school started back. And then 
by the time that she went back to like, you know, real school, um, I was looking for a place to live. So then I just kind of moved in with her. Um, and yeah, no, it's, <laughs> uh, so I don't think any of us intend to do this. It just happens. And then you're like, Oh, actually the fact that I can like stay with her for two weeks straight and not like be drove up the wall. Like that must mean something good. Let's get married. That is a very good so sign. Because <laughs> most time two weeks would lead people to a divorce or breakup. So the fact that y'all got oh, together yeah. and stayed together, I think that speaks <laughs> highly of the future of your relationship. So, Oh, thank you. <laughs> so another uh, common uh, question uh, for lesbians is uh, this. And, and I always ask questions like this because we do actually have a lot of uh, straight individuals that, that listen to our show, um, a lot of mothers that come on and listen so that they can better understand things and they want to kind of hear about these stereotypes, whether or not they are true. Um, so obviously in lesbian culture, a lot of times they get classified as femme or butch, uh, being more of the athletic type or more of the, uh, you know, pageant type of girl uh, would be more of the femme type of girl. Um have you found that that stereotype generally does uh, persist in the lesbian community? Um, it really, I hate to say it just depends on the person, but it really does. Um, I think there are quite a few people who, you know, really identify with one end of the spectrum or the other. But at the end of the day, it's the same way you would, um, you know, kind of identify for most people, you kind of have a scale of like femininity to masculinity and kind of where you, or at least that's how I see it. Everyone's somewhere on it. Like, even though I identify as a femme, I would say that if there was, you know, a hundred percent chart, I'm probably at like 75% feminine, 25% masculine. Whereas my girlfriend's probably more of like 60, 40, but she's a little more masculine than she is feminine. So it really just depends on the person. Um, however, whenever you meet a lesbian who is like femme femme or like very masculine, like you definitely know what side of the spectrum they're on. Um, however, there's, there's quite a few that kind of fall in that middle ground, right. um, you know, in that 60, 40, 70, 30, yeah. like in that, the meat in the middle is kind of like, Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. We're a little bit of everything. Surprise. Yeah. And I think that's uh, very true in, in gay culture too, in terms of uh, gay men, there's, you get a lot of them that are, you know, more femme acting or more masculine acting and, and you never really know. And there isn't really like all one way or all the other. Uh, but I think one thing neat about the gay community is we actually have names for everything every type of people, every type of, like we classify everybody <laughs> into these groups. You know, we have bears and twinks and jocks and, uh, you know, everything. Do you, what, what yeah, slang, no, what slang is in, in lesbian world other than, uh, femme and butch and, and, and those, are there other types of individuals? Um, I mean, <laughs> I wish that we had, you know, more inclusive terms and, or just like a wider range even would be nice. Um, but that's not really a thing though. Um, I mean, usually you have the two ends of the, you know, femininity, masculinity spectrum and, you know, different cultural groups might, you know, call them something different, but for the most part, like it's either you're, you're feminine or you're masculine. That's the bottom line. There's not really a lot of room for like, Oh, you're a sporty gay. Oh, you're a, <laughs> you're an artsy gay. Like, I mean, you would, you might say it like, Oh, she's an artsy girl or, Oh, you know, she's sporty or whatever, but it's not like, an actual term is assigned to it. And it's like widespread. It's just like you're describing like an individual and it's not like a 
a group classification. You said sporty, and all I could think about is I think they should each have to classify as like one of the Spice Girls. Like <laughs> you're either sporty or you're, you know, you got to classify as one. That's scary. That's, yeah, that's the that's oh, yeah. the new lesbian terminology that we're going to create here. You got to classify as one of the Spice Girls. I, <laughs> so. I actually love that so much. <laughs> Were you able to come up with the three do's and don'ts segment? Yes, I have my notes right beside me. All right, so do's and don'ts. As you all can tell uh, by my sparkly hat, I'm a pageant girl, and I love to interview. So, of course, we're going to do do's and don'ts of an interview. Um, This is primarily kind of on the pageant end of things, but... I had successful medical school interviews, and this is the same tactics I use. So they they proved pretty beneficial for me. Uh, So first of all, do be yourself. I know I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but it wasn't until I was 100% authentic and talked about being gay and being, you know, everything that I am that I actually saw success. So the most important thing, no matter how cliche it sounds, is be yourself. Second, I always say, Dressing to impress is important, but dressing to express is more important. So um, to kind of put this into a framework, um, whenever I was interviewing for medical schools, I was the only girl on my Zoom calls in a hot pink suit because I like to think of myself as the Elwoods of medicine. (laughs) So, you know, it was a good conversation starter. It was very much um, a truthful expression of myself and like it showed so much of my personality with my outfit. Of course, you know, today I'm wearing all black, but um, you can't see the full thing. But it's like a very stylish, like very me look. So it's impressive, but also like it's very expressive of who I am as a person. Um, I think a lot of people kind of opt for um, traditional looks. But if you're not a traditional look kind of person, don't be afraid to spice it up a little bit. Um, My third do is more um, pageant interview-esque. And that's to know your why. This can also kind of go towards other you know, avenues of interviewing though, um, as well. So knowing your why is really knowing who you are as a person, why you are the best candidate, why you are the best contestant, why you deserve whatever you're interviewing for. Um, I know it takes a lot of time to really understand like why you, but as soon as you understand why you and you learn how to articulate it, that can make a world of difference in your interviews. So Uh, Just to recap, my top three do's, one, be yourself, two, dress to express, and three, know your why. Do you want me to go ahead and do the don'ts? Yeah, I'll let you do the don'ts. I actually, I just love that you did the common pageant. uh, I think another do is always summarize at the end again. Oh, (laughs) yes. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And with all of the do's, of course, there's going to be don'ts. So the first thing I want to point out, and this goes for any type of interview, if you are giving the judges or the panel um, a piece of paper representative of you, such as a resume, do not lie on your resume. Because when people look down and they see, oh, she's, you know, donated $5 million to this, that, or whatever, they're going to ask you about that, especially Um, I mean, if you wrote it down for them, they are taking that for surface value and they will keep digging and digging until they find the truth. So number one, I I would hope this would be a no brainer. Don't lie on your resume for anything because they will ask you and then you will be, you know, stuck between a rock and a hard spot. So don't do that. Second, um, don't try to be who you think the judges want. 
This is something that you kind of learn the hard way in pageantry because, you know, you will watch competitions such as Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Universe, and you see these girls and it's so easy to try to emulate them and be just like your favorite Miss X, Y, or Z whenever in reality, for most pageant systems, they don't want the the perfect girl. They want you. So learning to understand that like you can be you and that be enough um, is so important. So don't just be who you think they want. Don't try to act exactly like the last title holder because it worked out for her last time. It's a different judge. You don't know what they want. You don't know what they're looking for. So super important to uh, not just try to be that carbon copy. Um, and then lastly, don't over-prepare. I am an over-preparer. I am uh, um, an overachiever. But I've learned the times, especially in, you know, like interviews on stage, whenever I don't fully prepare, I have an idea of, you know, what I want to talk about and what I think is important. And I know where I stand on certain issues. I've learned that that really pans out a lot better than having a, you know, rote memorized answer because judges can see right through that. Interviewers can see right through that. If you are, you know, telling them exactly what they want to hear, which kind of goes back to, to question or like don't number two, that they're going to know and they're, they're not going to see any authenticity in you. So don't ever prepare. And of course, I'm going to have to summarize because I'm a pageant girl. <laughs> the three big don'ts. Do not lie on your resume. Do not act like whoever you think the judges want to meet and do not over prepare. I absolutely love that advice. <laughs> uh, I wish I would have had it going into college because uh, one of the things uh, I had to do was actually interview for the McConnell Scholars Program at UofL, oh, which is I love a that. two day grueling process of like, I feel like it was 30 interviews plus. And <laughs> like kids were crying, like they were coming out just like, just walking out of there and being done with the program immediately. So um, I'm sure that uh, there's some crying on stage at pageants and stuff too, but <laughs> I think oh, yes. uh, definitely all those are great advice. And, and, you know, I think one thing that makes you stand out is just like your confidence and, in being able to say exactly what you mean and stick to that. <laughs> Thank you. Interviewing is my favorite thing ever. Like I, <laughs> I frequently will like see one of my friends like, oh, I'm going to be in a pageant. or Oh, I'm going to go to med school. And I have an interview and I'm like, let me get on a FaceTime with you. Let me mock interview you, please. Like I love, love, love this stuff so much. Yeah. There's your next uh, talent. You're going to do a TED talk about <laughs> interviews. Okay. <laughs> so, I could. Yeah. I could. <laughs> <laughs> so we will jump into our next segment, uh, which is what I call the heap of trouble segment. Uh, it's a time in gay culture in which you got found yourself in a little bit of trouble because you uh, may not have been aware of LGBTQ culture. Uh, pretty much your most comedic story. So. Um, so I don't really know if this fits, but um, I think that the biggest thing was whenever I did my Hear Queer and Read a Rock and Roll uh, spiel on the Miss Kentucky stage, of course, like it was great. But at the same time, um, it's really hard to be a queer voice in Kentucky, in pageants and be fully representative of a community, because like as an individual, that's just impossible. Mm -hmm. Um I can't be everything for everyone. And I understand that. But um, I did get quite a bit of backlash 
um, you know, not necessarily from the Miss Kentucky organization, but, you know, just from people on TikTok, the video hit, you know, 2 million views. Right. There were a lot of opinions to be had. And, you know, a lot of people thought like, oh, it's really inappropriate um, from a pageant perspective to talk about your sexuality. Um, and I'm like, okay, it might be inappropriate if you're a straight person because you're presumed straight, but whatever, there's a lot of hardships and trauma associated with your sexual identity. I think it's important to talk about. Um, so, you know, I got in a little bit of a couple little comment arguments, nothing too bad, but I was definitely trying to, you know, defend myself to people who um, either A, were on the pageant side of things and just thought it was inappropriate to talk about, or, um, you know, some people in the queer community were like, hey, like, you um, are very, very privileged to look the way you do and present the way you do. So saying, oh, I'm gay, but then you're able to appear straight um, in a situation that you would need to, to be safe. Like it's just not entirely representative, um, which I try to be very self-aware and understand that. But it also kind of puts me in a pickle because I'm like, well, I want to be true to myself, but also I don't want to, you know, offend a community that I'm trying so hard to represent positively. So, um, you know, yeah. it is what it is. I'm I'm so glad I did it, but uh, there's definitely, you know. Yeah, I think that's a it is what it perfect is. scenario of what the Heap of Trouble segment is about. And that's because it <laughs> yes. is very difficult uh, whenever you first go vocal about your sexuality to not just, you know, your friends and family, but the entire world. Uh, so one, one time I actually had to come out. I was running for student body president at UofL. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I had really said I was gay to the entire campus. I had had a boyfriend for two years, but the LGBTQ organizations on campus were upset that I had not publicly come out. Uh, this was back in 2012 uh, or 2011. Yeah. And um, so I actually had to make this like YouTube video and say, you know, hey, you know, this is my story. I'm homosexual. Well, Lo and behold, homosexual is not the right word to use. And I got like all kinds of backlash <laughs> because like they're like, that's a medical term and it's a bad one and all this kind of stuff. So it, sometimes even when you're trying to do uh, good and, and be yourself and represent your community, uh, you're still going to step in uh, a heap of trouble. So <laughs> I love that example. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of our intentions are so pure and like they're, they don't come from any, any drop of hatefulness in your heart, but you can't know everything. You can't know what's going to be, you know, what's, yeah. of course you're going to know some big offensive things, but you're not going to know every nitty gritty detail. And it's, it's hard to come to the the place that you can accept that and be like, Oh, okay. Like, ah, that was, that was wrong of me, but we all get there. It's fun. We all go through it. We had it a little bit whenever I was going through undergrad, but, I think today, you know, cancel culture is so much more prevalent, you know, in terms of if you slip up one thing, then everybody's on your case. Uh, so I want to yeah. kind of switch gears and actually talk a little bit about your experiences with your TikToks, um, kind of having this public image with your girlfriend. Uh, what has that experience been like uh, with someone else being a part of this? Well, I mean... Literally, I, I say it all the time. We're two halves of a whole idiot. We're both very <laughs> smart women, but like we are like the dream team. Like she's really good at, um, you know, so much in, in the scheme of TikTok. She's more creative than she likes to admit. Um, I'm a creative person, you know, as far as, you know, creating the video and stuff, but like the ideas, like the funny jokes, like that's all her. So I don't think um, I would have 
ever been able to come to this point in my TikTok journey without her. So now it's like our TikTok journey, which is something I love. And we've been able to expand it to other platforms. Um, it, it's good for most part, but like there is obviously some struggles because that is um, a big, not a big part of our relationship. Cause like, obviously we're together for so many other reasons, but you know, anytime that anything's going on and we're, you know, out of town for a few days and we don't post, people automatically would assume like, oh, you're all broken up or you're going through this or going through that. And it's like, no, realistically, we just, we were in Eastern Kentucky and didn't have service. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, you know, some assumptions whenever we're not super consistent, which is just kind of frustrating. Cause I'm like, I thought you were cheering for us because you follow us. And it's like, were you just waiting for, you know, one of us to go on the market? Right. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's something to think about. Um, we're really, well, we used to be, we're not doing so good anymore, but we used to be really good about live streaming, you know, very frequently and getting to like be super engaged with our audience and build a community. And there we've met some like so, so, so many great people, um, and my great friends collectively or like as a couple, um, but there are people who get on and, you know, it'll be me and her and they'll be like, oh, the blonde is, then they'll just, you know, completely drag me through the mud. And then that puts Sierra in a spot and she's just like, hey, like we don't want this hatefulness on our page right. or vice versa. So it, it just depends, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Like the, the random stuff that we have to deal with um, is so worth getting to like love her publicly but it is, you know, some things, are, they're just annoying. I think that's a good way to put it. Like, yeah. it's not end-all, be-all, but... Yeah, I mean, it, when dealing with uh, TikTok, you're going to catch people of all types out there. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I think uh, our with social apps today, a lot of times people use them particularly to find uh, romance, love, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm sure you've even experienced some of that of, like, people trying to get y'all to break up, you know, so that they could do that. Oh, you know? yes. Yeah. So I definitely understand that. Uh, I loved your all's uh, Christmas wrapping paper one recently. That was uh, really funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that you all were able to see it. I just want you all to know it got removed for guidelines. <laughs> and we were so sad about it because we thought that was just so funny. I was mad at her for a week for it, but it was so funny. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Uh, obviously, y'all share uh, Christmas wrapping paper uh, as clothing. Uh <laughs> What are some of the best and worst parts about being a lesbian uh, in, in kind of comparison to straight world? Like for gays, like well, wearing the same each other's clothes, that sort of type of stuff is good. Yeah. You know, um, well, I don't really have experience on the other end of things, <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't I would not trade this for the world. Like we, we do, we're the same. She's a little smaller than me, but for the most part, like she wears baggy stuff. So we wear all the same clothes, all the same shoes. Um, she is, you know, just as into like self-care and like all of our aromatherapies and stuff in the bathroom for like a nice relaxing bowl bath. Like we're into a lot of the same things. So it's like really easy to shop for each other. Um, or, you know, it's like, okay, I'm buying her something. And if she doesn't like it, then I get it. So that's <laughs> always a plus. Um, so, I mean, just like little things like that are so, so easy. And then also, you know, if you're out in public and I'm, I'm a very anxious person and, you know, if I'm feeling a little overstimulated, a little anxious, and I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom and cry for like three minutes and then I'll be good. She can go in there and like comfort me for a few minutes and no one's going to like bat an eye, which is really nice that like, there's not like, if I want to go somewhere, like she's a girl too, she can go with me. So yeah. that's always, that's always nice. 
I think those are great, great reasons. Uh, I, I want you haven't yeah. converted me, but I will <laughs> take that into consideration. <laughs> I appreciate it. So we always uh, wrap up the show with a segment called the pot of gold, which is a time whenever you get to ask me any question you would like under the sun. And I get to ask you one final question as well. So I will let you kick off. I, well, I made mine super easy, so I think, I'm not sure if you, you knew this, I dipped my toes into the podcasting world earlier this year. Um, it, it was okay. Um, I wasn't thrilled with the topics and stuff that I had chosen, though, so, like, I'm working on rebranding now, integrating my girlfriend more into it. We kind of have, you know, completely changed it, but, like, what was your podcasting experience like? Because now... Um, I mean, it's obvious on, on socials, like you're doing really well. You're doing the podcasting stuff for realsies. So if you want to tell me a little bit about your experience, um, any wisdom you have, I think having a new mic is definitely going to help because my microphone, I didn't realize it. it's never worked ever. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I went back and listened to my old podcast. I was like, oh, wow, that does not sound good. Cause at the, the last couple ones I had filmed, I had to just go into like my car and like s sweat through my clothes because I was like, well, at least the acoustics are okay. So any podcasting tips or advice that you have, you're obviously great at this. So I would love any of it. Well, just uh, right off the bat, I can tell you that I follow your podcast, um, uh, Unfiltered, ah. uh, Out Loud, I believe. It's, yeah, Unfiltered Out Loud. Um, and I yes. have listened to some of your podcasts. Um, and oh, thank you. I think, uh, I think you're, number one, you're right. Uh, the mic is 75% of it. Um, if you're going to do podcasting, you have to get a great mic uh, to really have that kind of quality that people want to hear. It's not easy. Uh, it's really not. So uh, whenever I first got in, you know, you need all kinds of equipment. Uh, you need, especially if you're going to do video as well, you need to learn the software. You need to learn all kinds of stuff up front. Uh, and it really, that takes a while and you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up a whole lot. You're going to have uh, things that you got to re-record. You're going to have things that uh, you have to get people to come back uh, to interview a second time. Um, you know, that that happens. Uh, <laughs> I know you're laughing because we, we had that scenario with you, but yeah. <laughs> but that's it's a common experience um, because of people want to listen to clear audio um, and they also want to listen to something entertaining. As far as doing great in podcast land, I think a lot of it is your marketing um, are you out there talking to people? Are you sending them Christmas cards? Are you, you know, doing fun things like that, that kind of keeps people talking about your show? Um, and my final piece of advice on this is, uh, don't give up and don't feel afraid to change your podcast. Um, we're not done changing. I can tell you that right now. Season three will look totally different than season two, <laughs> except for the co-host, you know, so that's kind of that. And just uh, stay engaged with your audience. No, I appreciate that so much. <laughs> great, great question. Uh, yeah, I know. I was so scared because I, you know, I was so excited. I took months planning and then I was like, I did it. And then I was not happy with it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. And then uh, it just kind of spiraled. And I was like, all right, I just want to scrap this and start anew. I've had my trial run, but I was so scared to change it because I was like, okay, yeah, you know, people are used to this, but I'm like, I, I want something I'm more passionate about, and I think I can tweak it. Here, here's a huge hint: 
nobody cares if you change the show. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what I've learned. And 90% of the time you are changing something that makes the show better. Uh, and people will be like, oh, that was new. Or uh, they won't even remember what you did in the previous episode half the time. So uh, don't be afraid to change that. With that, I'm going to ask you one final question. Um, and mine will be very intense because I feel like I've asked you a lot of fun ones. So, oh no! <laughs> obviously, uh, we just had a an amazing person from Kentucky uh, win uh, Miss America. Um, you're going up for Miss Kentucky this year. If you win Miss Kentucky, it is almost a lottery win for you to be able to go on and win Miss America because their Miss Kentucky won the previous year. How does that uh, change your mindset going into uh, the pageants this upcoming year? Okay, so there's actually a couple different pageant systems. So Elle is, um, she's Miss Kentucky USA, and then she obviously won Miss USA, competed in Miss Universe. I'm in the America system, so I'm competing for Miss Kentucky and then Miss America, which is a little different in what we compete in and what we do with our crowns. However, there is still a lot of pressure because you know going in that, you know, a small town girl from Kentucky can go and make it big and represent the United States, which yeah. is huge. Um, so, you know, we're going in and we we all kind of know there's the pressure's on because we've seen it done before. I think that's going to make, you know, a lot of people really step it up. She's a great role model in pageantry. She's an excellent woman. Um, and you can just see her exude confidence with everything she does. So I think you're going to see a lot of people kind of try to emulate that or um, kind of recreate it and figure out how to harness that same confident, um, unapologetically me energy that Elle carries. Um, for me, I've been working on self-work for, you know, several, several years now. So I don't really think my approach is going to change that much um, just because I think that equally as much like I am just as confident. I'm just as capable and just as worthy. Of course, you know, some days I don't feel like that, right. but um, you know, you can't feel perfect all the time, but I think just continuing to um, incorporate more and more self-work and self-love into my regimen is so important because, you know, you're on the stage with them. Uh, you know, if you're runner up and the winner, if one judge was different, you could have taken home the crown. So just understanding that, like, it's so, um, you know, subjective, it's so, um, it's just, it's hard to win a pageant and every girl that you're with is so worthy and so capable of not only representing Kentucky, but representing the United States at a larger scale. So, um, knowing that you're there because you are worthy to compete among those people has been crucial and a huge turning point in my pageant prep, understanding like I am just as worthy of every single person as every single girl up here. Um, so I definitely am going to have to emulate that a little bit more, integrate that a little bit more into my process, uh, you know, in light of her winning, but we're so, so proud of her. And like, we couldn't, I don't think that we could have had a better representative for the USA. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another Louisville, Louisville person. So I'm always a fan. <laughs> I want to thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Obviously we've had a great time learning about the pageants. Um, I feel like I'm interviewing like the lesbian pageant girl version of me because we, we do a lot of the same <laughs> things just like on totally different cultures. So I love that. Uh, I love it. 
the doctor lawyer thing. You know, it's just totally different, but we're both like in those kind of same. It's equivalent. Yeah. So I love it. Um, but thank you so much for being <laughs> a part of this. Obviously, everybody you just heard from Miss Cardinal Country, uh, Ashley Shea Benton. Um, if you haven't, go follow her on TikTok, uh, Instagram, and we'll link all of those in the uh, description of this podcast. So thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to come on back now. I know we all love a little vibration, so if you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And we will surprise you on occasion with a new release vibration in your pocket. But in the meantime, if you find yourself alone or crossing new horizons along the rainbow trail and you need a friend or even a laugh to get you through those dark and stormy nights, holler on out to us at www.weatheringrainbows.com where you can find shelter in the blogs, videos, and other episodes that will hopefully keep you out of a whole heap of trouble. So until next time, y'all, giddy up, be true to yourself, and make the best of life. And wherever the wild tracks may lead you, may the rainbow always touch your shoulder.